0: Good evening, family. Ken Mills here with Worldviews. Tonight, we have a very special episode. Tonight's episode is The Pursuit of Happiness. Now, tonight, what we'll do, we'll delve into some of our personal life. I have a very special guest here that will talk about our business partnership and also our life partnership as well. Now, everybody talks about how marriage can change a man or marriage can change a woman. I don't even understand what they're saying. Because guess what? When two people join together that are equally yoked, something blessed and beautiful happens. We're going to show you tonight what that is. So you guys, stay tuned. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to have our very illustrious guest. You're now here with Worldviews with Ken Mills on Boss Up Houston Network.
1: Want to be a boss? You're watching Boss Up Houston Network. It's Boss Up Houston, where we look up, stay up, and boss up.
0: and we're back, welcome back family. Now, this beautiful young lady to my left, this lady is a uh, food connoisseur, she's a burgeoning entrepreneur, and she also happens to be my wife. Lucretia Mills, how are you today? <laughs> um- Good. Great. How are you? All right. Well, welcome. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Now, if I understand correctly, you co-CEO of World of Comedy 5 Entertainment.
1: That is correct. I am the co-CEO of, what
0: is it? <laughs> World of Comedy <laughs> 5 World Entertainment. World of Comedy 5
1: Entertainment. I knew that, y'all. Trust me. I knew that.
0: So, I'm going to cut the bull. This is my silent partner, Right. <laughs> So basically what happens on a day-to-day basis, whatever you see here on camera, and also different events that are outside, she gives me the final confirmation. And that entails like, uh-uh, or yes, sir. So kind of go into that that selection process that you have.
1: Well, it's just basically a lot of it is just instinct. Um, knowing what your audience well first knowing you <clears> and then also knowing knowing your audience and being that I am also a part of your audience I know what, what I think we would like to see and what we would like to be a part of so that's definitely um, along the lines of what that process looks like um, and sometimes you can definitely be off the mark <laughs> and and <laughs> And you need some reeling back in. And I think that, um, that that's just a good thing, you know, that you don't just have a yes man. Right. You have someone that's going to be honest, someone that will um, give you accurate feedback. So that's definitely part of the process.
0: And can you tell the people of one of the instances where you had to do that real back?
1: Oh, that's every single time. <laughs>
0: just mention
1: one no I mean but honestly it's every single time you know you have these amazing grand ideas honestly you do Um, but sometimes you know even if it's time constraint if it's budget if it's um, just the smallest of things that smallest of things that I may see that you don't see Mm -hmm. um you know About making it happen, about getting it done, and and just being that second pair of eyes or that fourth pair of eyes, you know, helps a lot. But on every single event, y'all, I have to come on back, (laughs) bring it back in. Um, But that's every time, though. But I don't, I think that's, I don't take it as a burden. You know, I take it as being a supportive partner, a supportive spouse. Um, a fan you know all of those things
0: we definitely appreciate you in all of those capacities Um, so I'd like to pivot here come back to your humble beginnings where do you come from how did you get to this point that you are now
1: so um, I am a native Houstonian um, born and raised in South Park dead in Texas (laughs) and um, but I think that even though I'm a native Houstonian, my roots are from Louisiana. Both of my parents, mom and dad, are from Louisiana. My mom is from Plaisance, Louisiana. My father is from Mossville, Louisiana. So I say that because, to me, my upbringing was totally different than my friends growing up in in South Park on MLK. My upbringing was very different um, because my parents had a more of a rule life most of their life you know so they raised us um on you know those morals of family treating your neighbor as you would treat yourself um raised us on you know we're family we stick together you know that sort of thing we had sunday dinner every sunday even though my mom cooked every day except for saturday and sunday we would still have sunday dinner around our table um my my dad and my mom would go out and get food and bring it home and so we would sit down we would talk about the wig laugh joke you know just that that thing and um that's that's where I started South Park um a lot of people don't believe that but it is true my parents still live there to this day 50 plus years um one of the first black um Families to move into South Park. A lot of people may not know before it was Martin Luther King. It was, I believe, South Park Drive. And before that, it was Old Chocolate Bayou. And my parents lived there when it was Old Chocolate Bayou. So that's been 50-plus years ago. And um, that's where it all started. That's that's me right there.
0: Now y'all see why I chose, right? I got me one of <laughs> them south Side girls. I'm a fifth ward, you know. Back then, you know, they didn't let the North Side go on the South Side, So... <clears throat> we're bridging the gap here. Really? So, I want to talk about the cooking. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about the cooking, because okay. you mentioned the Dillings. Okay. Now, tell us, give us a little bit of insight about the cooking.
1: So, cooking is definitely in my blood, in my veins. It's it's just ingrained in who I am, starting from my grandmother, grandfather, my mom, her father. 13 siblings. It was 14 of them. Every single one of them could cook. Um, My family owned a cafe in Opelousas, Louisiana called the Baptiste Cafe. Um, My aunt, um, Rose Chenier, um, she was the cook and sole proprietor of the Kitchen at Blues Cafe. Um, for years upon years before she branched out on her own and she was known as the chicken lady in the oil mill on Planet Street every Friday um, I mean my brother can cook my cousins can cook my sister. She can throw down a little bit okay, okay. <laughs> So it's just in us like all of us It's just in us. I can't explain it other than you know every holiday we made coleslaw from scratch like And people are like, I hate coleslaw, I can't, I literally sat next to my aunt, chopped cabbage, raisins, apple, that's how we make it, I don't know how y'all do, but you know, raisins, apples, a little mayo, a little sugar, you know, a little salt, a little pepper, putting all that in there and it was just a family affair you know while we're doing that i have another aunt making cakes from scratch i learned how to make cakes from scratch my favorite meal is kush kush that's cornbread and milk Hmm. learn how to make cornbread on the stove from my grandmother i mean it's just it's just in me you know and i you know i'll cook up some stuff for us (laughs) that's
0: right
1: just about every day and sometimes he's like this is too much this is over the top but you know i'm I also believe in using what you have. It doesn't have to be anything grand or anything costly. You just use what you have to make the best meal and as long as it's cooked with love and with intent and of course with flavor and seasoning, I think it um, is most definitely enjoyable.
0: Okay. So given the fact that you grew up in the south and you grew up with rural values, Uh, It seems as though you had aspirations to move move outside of the city and see what the world had to offer. Yes. So could you tell us a little bit of your exploits?
1: Okay, so just to bring it back to the beginning of that, like you said, growing up in the South, and, you know, my escape was it wasn't necessarily being outdoors or being outside. And my cousins and my sister will definitely get on me for that. But I read books all day, every day I was reading books. And that opened my mind to what the world was like and what the world had to offer. Um, in addition to that, when I realized that my family was more than just what and, or who I saw here in Houston or who I interacted with in Louisiana, I had cousins in California. I had cousins in Georgia. I had family in Chicago and in New York. And mm-hmm. I had a cousin um, when she when I first met her as a young kid and I. Um, One of my elder cousins was like, oh, this is Camille. She's your cousin as well. Shouts out to Breeze. Um, She's from New York or New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? You know, being a kid from the South, you know, and your mind is just this big for the most part. And I was just like, so there are black people everywhere. We're everywhere. And I think I was probably about six or seven years old when that came about. And just expanding up on that. So I started traveling. As soon as I graduated high school, my and I traveled alone, um, even though I had friends, I didn't want to wait on anybody to get their money together. I didn't want to wait on someone to say, when we got to our destination, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. That was definitely out of the question. So the very first place I traveled alone was to Philadelphia, um, Pennsylvania, you know, got my hotel, got my flight. And my mom was like, I can't believe you are doing this. You're going by yourself. And I was like, yep, doing it. And um, I did it. And from there, the passion to travel and to move, just be outside of Texas, was just explosive to me. So, you know, spent some time in New York, spent some time in Atlanta, Georgia. Although they were brief, both of those places definitely impacted me. And even to this day, and you know this, that I am always trying to get you to look at opportunities outside of Houston, outside of Texas. I think that um, we can always move back if that is, you know, in the cards for us. Um, But I think that, you know, moving somewhere else and experiencing a different way of living, a different lifestyle. Whatever that may look like, I think that would be great for us. But I'm not saying or complaining about the life that we have here now. <laughs> it is, <laughs> it is good. It's better than good. So I'm not complaining about that. But just that experience, I think that's what I'm. That's what I'm referring to.
0: But see, you know, try to make them happy, then they come back with something else. Like, hey, let's do this here. Let's do that. Aren't you not grateful? <laughs> Aren't you not grateful? You got the best of everything. Looked like she didn't miss no meal. Like she didn't even miss a sale at dealers, did she? Amen? But, uh Amen. <laughs> So I want to dig into your entrepreneurship uh, because, as you stated before, you are co-CEO at World of uh, Five. Uh, World of Comedy uh, Five. Mm-hmm, that's right, World mm-hmm. of Comedy Five. Now, what other ventures do you have?
1: So, in addition to being co-CEO with you, I have my own catering business. Um, It is a Creole Girls Kitchen where I specialize in Creole Cajun cuisine that is not only good to the soul, but it is good to the appetite. In addition to that, I am owner and operator of Camilla & Co., which is an online boutique that offers country chic apparel and home goods. So like things to get you ready for the rodeo, to get you ready for, you know, maybe um, chicken run or something like that. <laughs> you know, that those, that apparel is um, there or I have that business. But in addition to that, I am a um, process engineer in my day-to-day life. I am a process engineer for a Fortune 5 financial institution, so.
0: Okay. Well, you go girl
1: <laughs> but i owe that to you you know i do owe that to you i remember when you and i first got together and um i was working here locally
0: mm-hmm.
1: in houston i remember you telling me you need to you can do xyz you need to do this you need to do that and you know you basically put me on game with a lot of things and um so i'm definitely appreciative to to you for that Um, I know that I would not have, although I've been driven on my own, you put a spark or another drive in me to, you know, go beyond the norm or what I was used to. Because my background was definitely not in finance.
0: Okay, okay. Now, I appreciate you even saying that because when we come back from the quick commercial break, we're going to dig in a little bit more. We also have a bit of our story that we would like to share with you. You're now here with Worldviews with Ken Mills on Boss of Houston Network. Wow,
1: that's real. We break the silence. of Gun violence. Mama feel so lonely. We break barriers. I opened that door to drinking after almost 20 years. We break it down. It hit me how fragile parenting is. You're really a great father. And we're always ready for a breakthrough. I feel like there was a lot of anger. I needed to be bigger. New episodes and so many new conversations. Red Table Talk premieres September 28th on Facebook Watch.
0: for spacious skies for amber waves of
1: rain
0: for purple mountain majesties America, sweet America. You know, God does
1: shake his grace on thee. He made me
0: crowned, good. Yes, he did. Any brotherhood from sea. I wish I had somebody to help me sing this! Welcome back. Uh, So when we last chatted here, we were talking about your beginnings in entrepreneurship and also your humble beginnings in life. So we'll go ahead and move it a a quick bit forward. So after you returned back to Houston Mm -hmm. from Atlanta, can you recall meeting someone very special?
1: (laughs) So I recall what I recall. So we went to the same high school. I graduated. Um, four years after he did, and um, our classes were extremely small, so we were trying to do those joint class reunions. I know that I was the representative for my class, and you were the representative for yours, and it seemed like every time I would say something or reply, and this is via Facebook, y'all, you would not speak to the group. You wouldn't reply to the group. You would reply directly to me and in my head I was like, why is he responding directly to me? Respond to the group. So then one day, I guess you you had your Cheerios that day. You went. You came into my inbox and you were like, hey, I think you're pretty, I'd like to take you out. And I was like, sure, let's do it. And we had our first date. All right.
0: Don't let her skim past this now. I'm going to tell you the truth. Now, every time, you know, I say something funny in the chat, you know, she'll like it. You know, she put love marks on it. It was funny. And, um, you know, I was like, well, hey, you know, I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to (laughs) come on with it. She looked good, (laughs) you know. So, even at that time, you know, I, I shot my shot. She was receptive to the date. But tell them about what happened on that date.
1: Oh, goodness. So, this is where our stories or our recollection of what happened may be different. Mm -hmm. So, we went to BJ's in Pearland. This was like the weekend it had just opened, right? Mm -hmm. So, they were busy. They were packed. We stood out there. We were waiting. Ken came in his best vest. He had his Gucci print uh, leather jacket on. He had his gator shoes on. He had rings on every finger, and he had his big medallion chain on, and he had a summer kango hat, but it was the winter time. And I was just like, all right, we could do this, we could do this. We get to the table, we're seated, and our waitress was exceptional. He he didn't think so. Our food was delayed, and he thought it was because the waiter did not provide the service. In my mind, I'm thinking, the waiter's providing great service. This is their opening weekend. They're super packed. So the kitchen's busy. She kept our drinks full. She kept, you know, coming to the table to check on us. But Mr. didn't like that.
0: No, I didn't. I said, whenever I spend my money, I expect world-class service. But, I mean, it started for me. I was a little bit irritated in the beginning, you know. See, people start judging the book by the cover, you know. I... See, where I grew up at, you had to come out fly, you know. I had on a summer hat because, you know, in Houston, the weather change in two hours. So, I was ready for everything. You know, I didn't know if she wanted me to take her to a waterfall or palace inn, anywhere. So, I was ready for whatever.
1: Oh, really? We- <laughs> really? Okay. So, anywho... Um, So, yeah, so we had a differencing of opinion when the check came about, uh, you know, the tip. And I told him, you know, nah, I'll go ahead and pay the tip because my father always told us that you tip correctly, you know, and he was not having that. And so after the date, I was going to the roundup, not the roundup, to Silver Eagle to meet my brother and my sister. Hey, y'all. And he wanted to come and I was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, that's not just me, but... um. Yeah, that was the first date, and uh, we didn't talk for for like
0: what, maybe a year, a year or so, a yeah. year. And, and I had a word for her, uh, my brother who is not deceased, Mo. I, I hit him up right after I left that date, and I said, "This got to be the most bougiest woman in this world," because I paid the tip. I went on paid the tip because you know I, I felt like you know she came out with me, said so take care of it. But it was one thing that happened during the dinner that really kind of got me upset. See, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve sometimes. Anybody that know me know I'm a good person. Yeah. So she was telling me her life aspirations. And I say, you could have the world if you want it. I'll give it to you. And she didn't believe me. She thought I was trying to put some player lines on her.
1: It's not that I didn't believe mm-hmm. you. You were trying to put some player lines on me. <laughs> That's what it was. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not for this, I'm not for, I'm not for the lines, I'm not for the games, I'm not for that. And you know, I mean hindsight of 2020 of course, you have absolutely, you know, lived up to all of that and fulfilled all of that, but on the first date, you laid it on kind of thick. And I was just kind of like, "Mm mm-mm, I don't know.
0: YOLO, you only got one life to live, if I'm going to shoot my shot, I better shoot it with an AK-47. I was trying to get somewhere, you know. And, you know, I kind of was dismayed by that. I went back to the Midnight Women. And, uh, you know, I got tired of the Midnight Women because, you know, they always want to stay at my house. I got tired of that. So I called up again. And I took out to a movie the next time. Mm -hmm. When I took it to the movie, I worked so hard. See, (laughs) back in the day, I was working 8 hour shifts. I'd be in them streets. You know, I I thought I would need no brine. We got in that movie. What happened, baby?
1: Snoring. Snores. This man was knocked out of sleep. So I couldn't enjoy Django because of the loud snores. And I understood that, that you worked and that you worked hard and that you worked these long, odd hours... Why would you bring me here? Like, that's the place, that's the perfect setting to go to sleep.
0: Because I thought, you know, with her being bougie, you know, I wanted the wow, you know, and I wanted to take it slow too. So, a movie, you know, a movie would have been the nice take on it. Right. And uh, that didn't work either.
1: It did not. But even still, even after he fell asleep on me in the movies, I think we may have, you know, we still talked. You know, it didn't necessarily go anywhere. Um, we still talked, you know, I may have cooked him lunch a few times, brought him lunch and things like that. And the crazy thing is that I think we would Skype.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we
1: would Skype all the time. Mind you, we're in the same city, y'all. Um, we would Skype just to see what was going on because his his work hours were so weird. But, um, yeah, I think that was even worse than the first date.
0: Then after that, we went on a hiatus. I'm going to keep going, keep yes, going. Yes. So... Six years. So then <clears throat> it was a game. It was a Dallas Cowboys and Houston, Texans game. I hadn't shared this with y'all, but I'm a avid Cowboys fan. I hate what they're going through right now. And I went up to the I went up to the Cowboys Stadium. So I'm sitting in Denny's. I'm eating my love, Grand Slam, you know, I'm recovering from the night before. And I see her on Facebook tag in the same Denny's I'm in tell him what happened next
1: so he sends me a message and he's like i'm in the same denny's where are you at and i was like i'm on this side and so he came over and he was like hey you know how you doing i'm staying over here and it was my cousin and i and you know of all the places and all the people that i would run into you so i thought that was kind of kind of a sign kind of sort of but then also and i don't know if i shared this with you I had went to DC to see my sister Delana and mind y'all I had not talked to Ken in like years and she was just in out the blue how is mr. Ken Mills and I was like Child, I don't know I haven't talked to him and she's like "Uh, well you know that's gonna be my brother-in-law and I was like well you know something I don't because I haven't talked to him in forever
0: that ain't it so even after that it was a long time till I saw her again, right? Yeah. But then, when I saw again, what did you see when you saw me?
1: You came by my apartment, and when I came down the stairs, <laughs> you love this part. Oh, yeah. I came down the stairs, and even though Ken absolutely looked the same, his continence, his everything about him, like whatever it was exuding out of him, was just so different was so different. And there was like this this aura around him. And walking down the stairs. I knew that you were going to be my husband in that very moment. Hmm. He likes that part y'all.
0: So brothers don't lose hope. Because if you keep trying. You're going to get in there. I promise you. I promise you. So I, I'll give a little bit of context to that. Because around that time. Uh, you know you go through life. You mature. I shared some of the jewelry that I was wearing. I was a little bit more focused. Matter of fact, I wasn't even wearing jewelry at that point. No, you weren't. And I was just focused on bettering myself, and she saw that. But right after that, we went on a date. I took her to my old stomping grounds, and she accepted it. She accepted it. matter of fact it was one night at door this
1: right I remember that's when we became official Uh that we would uh, that we would pursue a relationship and um, and the rest is history because you and I have not been I guess apart since that day Um, we've been together ever since but just to go back to Mm -hmm. that you know even like I said the day he came to my apartment and I walked down the stairs I didn't know that he was making this change within himself But just like he was making changes within himself, I was making changes within myself as well. You know, I was trying to better myself, whatever that meant to me at the time. You know, just to be a better person, an all-around better woman, um, better, you know, maybe sister, daughter, whatever it was. I was just trying to be um, the best person, and not for you or for anybody else, but the best person for myself. And I think because we were both in those places that, the veil was lifted from our eyes and we were able to see the true heart of each other at that point, you know. And I think that's when, I think right before that, I had just, you know, accepted my call to ministry and all of that. And so I think because we were both in those transformative spaces that we were able to definitely, you know, see the true heart of of one another. And I think that was... That was a really, you know, special moment for me, honestly, because I've never experienced anything else like that.
0: Right, because when she spoke about the call to ministry, see, I was a deacon on the deacon board at the same time. And where she stayed, I could walk to my church. So, Lord bless me. I was singing every Sunday in the choir, praying for a woman. (laughs) And there she was. Yes. I was like, amen.
1: And a woman.
0: That's right, amen and a woman. (laughs) Now, look here, guys. We'll go to a quick commercial break. But when we return, I mean, we have even more stories. We're going to talk about marriage. So stay tuned. You're here with worldviews with Ken Mills and Lucretia Mills on Boss Up Houston Network. celebrate so the LCD, take 1 as all is gonna take
1: freaking daddy's is somebody fun done do time really do the great sign. Mm-hmm. The type the you like to get down mm-hmm. in the time mind yeah. die yeah. in the time really uh-huh. hey. do so the great time you type like to get yeah. down in the time mind down, kill it time really yeah. do the great time you type the you like to get down in the time god please yeah. sip yeah. a more patron sip a Type of girl that like to pull down the zipper I like that. hit to say appetizer mind at kiss, I'm digging your thighs, real definirs I and your wise, you gotta squirt before you Go sit down, baby. go sit down. And I'm impressed with your waist with deep shape in your thighs. Compliment you on your booty yeah, yeah, and your hair in your booty. Uh-huh.
0: All Alright, welcome back here. So, what we last discussed, we were talking about how we became closer. Mm -hmm. Now, one tidbit that you guys don't know about. When she came to my house the first time, she never left.
1: You like to tell that.
0: Yes, I do. Because I think a lot of men don't understand that you have to have the kingdom first. Once you had the kingdom, you could bring in the queen. The queen would never leave. You can't split the bill to be a roommate. <laughs> so around that time, you still had that same apartment too, right? Right, because I had just
1: renewed mm-hmm. my lease. Um, okay. So I still have my own place. Um, but he is right. Um, most days I would go to work and just work was near you, actually. It was mm-hmm. closer to you than it was to me. I would just go to his house and maybe go home on the weekend, get some more stuff, and was back at his house um but it kind of worked out because that's when my sister and the kids came and you know they had their own place and it it worked out it worked out
0: oh yeah it worked out and then what also helped me my lovely mother betty mills we're gonna shout you out she's the best y'all hold on i'm sorry but to these
1: mother-in-laws i'm just gonna speak to y'all Stop being overbearing, stop getting in your children's business and stop trying to run their marriage. Like what? Can y'all stop that please? But not to say that's what my mother-in-law does because no, my mother-in-law is the best of the best. Like she's, I can't, I can't find a word to say how much I love my mother-in-law. Most people when they first met me thought that I was actually her daughter. And I tell Ken this all the time. I think I love him, be, love him more because of his mom. So, you know, I love my mother-in-law. Thank you for all of your support and, you know, all the love and care that you've given to me as his wife and as your daughter, um, you know, throughout these five years that Ken and I have been together.
0: That's right. So my mom met her, and the first thing my mother told me, don't be no damn fool excuse my french but i'm be real with she said don't be no damn fool now i was foolish a lot in my life but i listened to my mama that one time and uh we had a different type of engagement proposal didn't we
1: right so i mean it wasn't one of those honestly i've never been a girl truly to ever Think of, you know, some guy getting on one knee and all that. To me, honestly, and that's, this is just me, not knocking anybody else who's done this or who will do this or, you know, anything like that. To me, that's not practical for who I am. That wasn't just that wasn't who I was because for one, I already knew what type of wedding I wanted. I knew who was gonna be in my wedding. I just need you to say, Would you like to get married? And that's what we did. You and I had an adult conversation. We were in this thing for two years already, and it was kind of like, so what are we doing? And you were just like, so we going to get married, or what are we doing? Yes, let's go talk to my mom and dad. Let's go talk to your mother. Let's get their blessings. And then from there, I think we were married in like seven months after that, yeah.
0: That's right. Now, the lead up to the marriage, and one thing I will tell you for anybody that's looking to get married, don't do a big wedding. We spent over forty thousand dollars on the wedding. We didn't even get a chance to enjoy. It. Matter of fact, we didn't even eat none of the food at all. None. 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 Go. Well, I'll say this: mm-hmm.
1: if that's what you want, do that. I think we did it simply because, um, for our parents, you know, not saying that that's the only reason we did it was for our parents. But one of the major things was that my mom and my mother and father are. Of a lot older and you are your mother's only child and um, with my father-in-law being deceased I felt and I think you felt that way as well that this would be a moment that you know would definitely make them proud definitely you know also honor them you know and just you know do it for them like and, and for our families however I will say that $40,000 is a lot of money that we could have used on something totally different um, you know, if you have it, do it. You know, if you don't, don't stress over it. Don't, you know, go into debt doing it. Just, you know, I think if we would do it all over again, we would probably go somewhere because I think our plan was to go to um back to Puerto, Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and get married, have have a small ceremony with our parents, closest family. Um, there and I think it was only going to be about maybe $4,000 and that was with like 50 people which was not bad to go to Puerto Rico to have a wedding ceremony but yeah I'll say you know and, and for all that money we spent if we're not looking at pictures or videos I honestly don't remember any of it you know the day went by so fast and I think by the time you know after the reception and by the time we got back to our hotel downtown we were knocked out, like we slept so hard, you know, slept like extremely hard, and you know, not saying that I would change anything, you know, because everything was, was extremely nice, but I just think that I think we would have went another route.
0: Right. But one of the most major, I, I say memories that took place there, my best man, uh, Moa Shell, uh, that was one of the last moments I had with him. Because shortly thereafter, we got married, he passed on. Then I was with my brothers. I was with uh, Vern Falk, uh, Kenneth Woods, uh, Dame Diary, uh, and Eric Jones, yeah. big bro. Yeah. And we had a marvelous time. I mean, it was just marvelous. It was something to remember. But when you think about the monetary piece, right. we could have done a lot more with it. Because um, I think right now, we finally... Not that we went heavy debt behind it, but we finally at a point where we see, where yeah. we see a little bit of air. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to pivot to the marriage, right? So I heard a live that she does lives all all the time, and she talked to people, and she saying, marriage is hard. So how's it hard with me? <laughs> I'm, I'm the good guy. I'm the good guy.
1: So you know, my dad says in marriage one plus one equals one mm-hmm. it does not equal two right because when we are married we become one and i'm not saying that marriage with you is hard but marriage is hard work because i am essentially merging with someone else you and i are becoming flesh of what is it flesh of my flesh bone of my bone. that we are becoming one and so being able to say because i am a very strong-willed woman very strong-willed individual i have my own thoughts my own ways of doing things the major thing in marriage or any relationship is most certainly compromise i know and i'm going to be honest the first two years of our marriage and we've only been married three so maybe the first year and a half i wouldn't let up for nothing i was on him like right on no 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 you have to do xyz and I was just like, why? Why are you like this? Why are you doing this? Like I'm making my life a living hell doing this. Honestly, but when I sat and thought about, you know, um, being married and what that truly means is compromising. Like I said, communication and not just listening or not just res- uh, you know listening to respond, but comprehending and understanding when you say. I need this what does that truly mean understanding that you are not a mind reader and I'm not a mind reader having adult conversations just talking and a lot of times that's the sole issue and the sole um, concern when it comes to relationships and marriages breaking up is that people don't listen to each other and people are not willing to compromise Thinking that is my way or the highway. And that is not the case. So when I say that marriage is hard or that it's hard work, not saying that you're a bad guy or anything like that. It's just saying that when we're merging, becoming one, that I have to take off a lot of self. You know, and you have to take off a lot of self. And we have to say, you know what, I love this person enough to understand that it's not my way. I love this person enough to say, "Oh, I'm start crying. I'm trying not to start crying." I love this person enough to say that I will put him or her before my own, before myself, and that has definitely been. Um, it's been rewarding, you know, because like I said, initially I wouldn't let up. I was like, "No, it's my way or it's no other way," but our lives, our life has. Been more enjoyable, I think. You know, our friendship has definitely um, grown. Our friendship has, you know, just been rooted a little bit deeper because we have, um, you know, decided to truly, you know, take away our that selfishness, that selfish part of us that we don't want to necessarily, you know, shed. So, you know, that's what I mean by that. Not that you are a bad guy, because you are a great guy. You are an amazing husband. And, I, you know, I big you up all the time to everybody. You know, my husband is this. My husband is that. He is, you know, he's the best.
0: So, did comedy put any strain on the marriage?
1: Oh, Lord have mercy. Jesus did it. It did. It, it did. But, again, I had to shift my focus. Because I, was, I looked at it as you were spending too much time outside of the house. You were spending too much time doing what you wanted to do. And even though I recognized and I saw that it was making you happier, you, know, you weren't just being a homebody like you typically were, um, I felt like I was missing out. I felt like you were putting comedy before me. I felt like you were putting comedy before our marriage, and that, you know, that's just what it was. But like I said, when I shifted my focus to say, this man is truly happy doing comedy. Like he comes alive. Anybody who knows Ken knows that for the most part... He's very quiet, you know he's he's very observant. he He'll watch, you know, that he might be he's not necessarily a people person. I will say that. <laughs> you're not necessarily a people person. Um, but he'll watch and he'll observe. But with him um you know jumping into comedy and and um, on that scene, you have definitely blossomed into this person. Who is not afraid to spark up conversations? Who's not afraid to go into different arenas? Now, I will say that when it comes to you know business and stuff like that, that's not a problem. But you know, being you know being more social, being more open to um, you know different sceneries and different groups of people, you know, I had to stop being selfish and had to say that you know because I would I wouldn't go anywhere at first you know I didn't want to, any parts of it but like I said when I changed my perception and my perspective on you know what this did for you and what it's doing for you then I definitely looked at it differently right.
0: Right. now what we're gonna do we're gonna take a brief I mean a brief break but when we come back I want to talk a little bit more and it's some special surprises that we want to let out as well uh, you're now here with Worldviews with Ken Mills and Lucretia Mills on Boss Up Houston Network. Devin, did you know GEICO is now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? Okay. That's 15% on top of what GEICO could already save you. So what are you waiting for? DJ Khaled to be your motivational coach? Yo, Devin, remember to brush in a circle motion. Thank you, DJ Khaled. Tiny circles, Devin. Do another one. Another one. Is this good? Put in that word, Devin. Don't give up. Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th.
1: Don't play us.
0: a little bit about, I I guess, you understanding me wanting to do comedy, but it got to a certain point where I was doing this at a more consistent basis, and and you brought a proposition to me. You said, why don't you create your own? Yes. So, kind of go over the process of how that became.
1: So, I am all about having your own. Whatever that looks like about having your own, um, I felt that even though your time in comedy was brief, you have a amazing business sense. You have an amazing comedic talent, and so why not merge those two things? Where you host your own your own comedy shows, where you host your own room, where you even possibly get on the stage as well Um, I felt like in addition to you know showing the world you know your talent you can also make a little money (laughs) and so that's that was my mind frame behind that and I don't think anything's wrong with making money not at all but I, I felt like in addition to that having your own elevates you elevates your name, elevates your brand, and um, you're doing great. You're doing great.
0: Thank you, thank you, because I know a lot of times in the beginning you used to cringe at my material.
1: <laughs> I still do, <laughs> I still do, but it's just it's more internal as opposed to external. You, you won't see it on my face. But I, I realize that, again, you have your own audience, although I'm a part of that audience, you have an audience that just gravitates to you. You have an audience who loves and likes the realness of what you say. Um, you know, I'm very reserved, and even doing this is definitely out of my character. But so some, so when you're on stage and you say those things, I'm kind of like, oh, my God. But people like that. People like the honesty. They like the realness. They like that raw truth and you know you tell it in a way that greats have told it you know and um i think that you know the sky's the limit for you you know you know what i think i've already told you what i think and you know i just think with time and with you know applying more pressure in these streets amen (laughs) he you'll be there you you already as 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 our boy says I'm already a legend. You know, you think, you, think I'm, you, think I'm, you think I'll be a legend, but I'm already a legend. I'm a legend now. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the mentality that, that we're taking. And when I say we, I mean World of Comedy 5. Is that people think that I'll be a legend or that we'll be a legend, but we're legends now. And so that's where we are.
0: So we went through this entire story, but we failed to tell y'all one thing. When we met, we were over 300 pounds. Yes. So now I'm 215.
1: I'm 160-something.
0: <laughs> and we did most of this together.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and I think if I pivot back to our earlier uh, discussion where it was a little bit of strife in the, in the marriage, most of it was behind health. Most most of it was my unwillingness to change because I had a mentality of this is the way I grew up. This is what I like to eat. This is what I like to partake of. So as I started to think about what our relationship was and if the fact that I wasn't here, what the outcome would be, meaning a young man to spend all my money and take my woman to Puerto Rico, no sir. I went on and I got this surgery, and I got on that treadmill and that bike and I keep and look and I keep eating Bigs Prime cuz Bigs Prime got the best organic meals out there. They are, they. Ain't.
1: they ain't. But that's not true. Nobody's going to Okay. <laughs> you were you were funny. <laughs> You're funny. But yes, that was a lot of the strife that we had um in the relationship was because Um, of your health conditions and the fact that a lot of them are reversible and were reversible with, you know, eating healthier, with exercise, with changing your diet, and not just those physical things, but also changing your mind around your relationship with food. And um, honestly, before you had the surgery, um, even though you were still, you know, had those particular ailments and you were still on that medication, because we changed the way we ate, you lost a lot of weight. You had lost about almost 50 to 70, I would say 60 to 70 pounds just within that time from just changing the way the way you ate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you would work out with me sometimes. You wouldn't work out with me all the time. But he he would work out with me sometimes. We would go to Memorial, Memorial Park and... I might jog, and he might be out there walking. And but I think the fact that you know we did that together made a difference as well. And the fact that you know you wanted you wanted to be here, like you say, even though you joke, you know I wouldn't want a younger man to take my wife and take my money. You wanted to be here for me, you know, and yeah. for our family, and for yourself, you know. So you took the measures and did what what had to be done for you and. Look at you my boy. You was fine then. But you
0: something else right hmm. That's all me right there, y'all. <laughs> all right. All right. Hold your horses now. <laughs> now, family, this has been a marvelous episode. Uh, we got a chance here to speak with the First Lady of World of Comedy 5 Entertainment. And also, now you get a viewpoint into who we are. Uh, you know how to find her on social media. You also know how to find me. But I want to leave you all with one point. The reason why we name this the Pursuit of Happiness is because that's exactly what it is, a pursuit. Most people, they feel like they have to find happiness in someone else. Not necessarily in this case. We found happiness within ourselves. Once you find happiness within yourself and you want to be better, guess what's going to happen? People will see how you love yourself. It'll be all around you, and that'll automatically draw them in and make life a heck of a lot easier. One thing that I will want to tell my wife, my business partner, my life partner, and my fitness coach, um, that I love her immensely. Our anniversary was yesterday. We made three years. Hopefully, we'll make 30, 50, however long. Lord, let us live. I definitely appreciate you That's why You're one of our Illustrious guests here You're illustrious already But we just had to Show the world Who you are Okay right. Did you have anything You want to say Um,
1: No I just thank you For the opportunity To share our story I know a lot of people You know Look at us And they're like Oh my god Y'all are just The best couple Y'all are this And y'all are that That's social media Y'all Not saying that We are not Mm -hmm. You know Who we Who we look like on, or, on Facebook or on Instagram That is definitely who we are We love each other every day You know we laugh together You know I'll cry on his shoulders He's not going to cry too much But I'll cry on your shoulders And you are an amazing encourager um, Even though sometimes I think You know he's a little stern <laughs> But I think that that's his job As my husband Is to be my you know Priest, protector, provider He leads and the fact that I allow him—not let me not say allow him—I step back, and he is in that role. It gives me, you know, less anxiety. Um, I say that simply because this is work. You know, it's not just pictures. It's not just an, a post on Facebook. This is legit work. And the fact that we make this commitment every single day that we wake up to say. I do every day matters and it makes a difference and so you know we don't want to definitely you know portray our marriage our friendship our relationship as just this veil of golden sunshine and sparkly rain you know sometimes I don't want to look at him and sometimes he doesn't want to look at me sometimes just to hear him I wish, don't breathe today. (laughs) That sort of thing. We have those days, but again, it's all about being committed to one another, being committed to ourselves, honoring um, our vows, for better or worse, through sickness and health till death do us part. Um, You know, whether that's willingly or, you know, however that looks, just being able to to work on ourselves and work on each other has been a tremendous blessing. I say all the time, and I said this um, at my bridal shower that, you know, he's made me a better woman. He's made me a better person and, you know, he's made me look at life and look at love in ways that I never thought that I would have, you know. And even though people look at Ken, you know, now he smiles, now he's just cheeky. He's ear to ear. But before, he would not, he, not saying that he wouldn't smile, but he was just an observer. And, you know, people are like, how? He never smiles. And I'm like, he smiles. He's, he's funny. He's charming. You know, he has this way about him that can definitely draw you in. And that's what he did. Five years ago, he drew me in, and I'm here to stay.
0: All right, all right. Like I said before, it's been a wonderful experience. Thank you for being here. Uh, Next week, we're going to have a brand new fresh episode for you. But until then, stay tuned to Boss Up Houston Network. We would like for you to open your minds, open your hearts, and stay safe out there. You now have Worldviews here with Ken Mills on Boss Up Houston Network.